Despite greater awareness around the toll of fast fashion, many consumers, young and old, still flock to brands like Gap, Urban Outfitters, and Forever 21 for trendy, cheap clothes. Today, the global garment industry produces more than 100 billion apparel items each year. That's enough for every person on the planet to add 14 new pieces to their wardrobe each year. Simply put, this is an unsustainable level of production. Fashion activist Maxine Beda says it's scary how many new brands, especially online, continue to pop up and push this model. In the past couple of years, we're seeing fast fashion only get faster. <laughs> and, you know, we had become familiar with companies like Zara and H&M. And now there are even faster fashion players that are really beginning to take up quite a bit of market share, like a company like Shein. And they are producing new styles of garments at a much faster pace than even the kind of now traditional fast fashion players. Beta is the founder and director of the nonprofit The New Standard Institute. The organization works to make fashion more sustainable and ethical. Every day she sees firsthand how leaders at these brands try to twist the narrative and create a narrative that they're giving back or becoming more sustainable. One example is last year when H&M was sued for deceptive item tags that said a dress or shirt was made using 20% less water. Those claims were not true. Beta says this is just one out of the many campaigns. These companies sort of trying to buy their way in to good graces. So they are spending relative to these nonprofits, normal budgets, quite a bit of money in supporting nonprofit organizations. It ends up being a very small drop in the bucket compared to those companies' actual revenue figures. And then they're making sort of big campaigns based on those partnerships. That would be great if, you know, the results were happening at scale and, you know, we could really be excited about reform. But what ends up happening is the marketing really far outweighs the actual progress that is taking place. The mindset these companies are pushing is buy cheap, wear for a few months, throw away, and then come back to buy a new trendy item. For millions of consumers, this attitude towards clothes has become the norm. It's not just a waste of time, energy, money, but it's also leading to massive waste, environmental destruction, and the exploitation of hundreds of millions of workers in the garment industry. I would say, you know, a company like Shein is really sophisticated in their greenwashing. They're doing things like they've been accused of ripping off the designs of emerging designers. And so what they've done is they've created a collection with some of these emerging designers. So they sort of buy off these emerging designers, but their general way of operating hasn't changed at all, but they get to use these sort of emerging designers as a good PR front. Beta says there's been greater scrutiny of these practices, but it hasn't resulted in widespread change. More so, consumers, especially young people, don't know the full extent of what they're supporting when they place an order. For so many decades, humans around the world have been conditioned to think that clothes should be cheap. But in all actuality, they should be an investment. 
A piece that's ethically and sustainably made with long-lasting fabrics like cotton, linen, silk, wool, or hemp may run upwards of $100, but it will last 10 times longer than that polyester or viscose cardigan from Target that's $15. Did you know that a polyester shirt can take between 20 and 200 years to decompose? Each year, Americans still discard more than 34 billion pounds of clothing from closets, according to the Environmental Protection Agency. Two-thirds of these trashed pieces end up in U.S. landfills or are exported out and imported into poorer countries, like Kenya, Tanzania, India, and other nations. There, these synthetic clothes are dumped and form endless heaping mounds of slowly decomposing fabrics. This not only ruins the landscape for the people living in these countries, but the gas and chemicals that leak from these synthetic fabrics poison the soil and groundwater. So, what can be done to stop this vicious cycle? Beta highlights that for so long much of the focus was placed on consumers instead of creating stricter legislation. Especially these young people who are being bombarded with these messages to, to buy Shein, to buy these products. It's like a little unfair to then expect them to be the ones that are leading change. The reason why we have laws and why we have legislators is to you know, provide these sort of basic regulations so that we don't have to put it on each of us to navigate what is a very opaque and complicated system. While consumers should make the right choices, it's not feasible to only rely on this one aspect. Beta points to one example of legislation, the New York Fashion Act, that, if passed, will hold companies selling within the state to abide by the environmental standards set forth in the Paris Agreement. This bill targets any fashion company that has global revenue over $100 million. Basically, the Paris Agreement, which is a global agreement, is an agreement from within the scientific community of how much we have to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions to live in a thriving planet. And so what the science-based targets, which is what the bill incorporates, aligns with the Paris Agreement. So it requires that these fashion companies reduce their emissions to the same degree that countries like the United States and all of the signatories to the Paris Agreement have signed on to. So it's just making sure there's alignment, not just from one country to another country, but from company to company as well. There's no easy solution to clamping down on fast fashion. It requires multiple steps from legislation to consumers changing their shopping habits. The next time you need new clothes or see an item that piques your interest, do your homework before buying. Are the pieces actually sustainably made, or is the company putting out a front? What's the fabric? Do a quick search to find these answers, and also look at where the company manufactures their clothes. If it's Bangladesh or China, there's a high chance that the people making these items are not paid a living wage. If you want to learn more about this topic, check out Beta's book, Unraveled, The Life and Death of a Garment, available online and in select bookstores. Also, head to viewpointsradio.org to find more resources and information. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Gary Price.
Coming up on Viewpoints. I started getting help, like mental help, because I felt supported. Like I felt like, no, I can do this. There are good people in this world. We dive into some of the data and assistance programs that are helping to break the cycle of poverty. Then. This year in particular, in a lot of the Eastern states in the United States, we saw a lot of that activity much earlier than we typically expect. The impact of shifting weather patterns. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows and find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.